Good afternoon, sticky learners. Hello, sticky learners. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe my uh, thing. Hi, sticky learners. <laughs> Welcome to Tuesday. Uh, we are just going to give it a few more minutes while we're waiting for the last people to arrive. Just come into the room. Hope everyone is well today. Hope everyone is enjoying the sunshine on this fine Tuesday. Let's have a bit of a roll call. Angelique, good to see you. I, I believe this is the first time. Apologies if I've got that wrong. Really great to have you here. Cameron, good to see you again. Colin, Darren, Fabian, Howard, Martin, Victoria. Thank you everyone for being here. It's very appreciated. I know there's a handful of people still yet to come in on their way. He says, let's get everyone set up for success. As we're just starting this day, let's make sure mobile phones, hold them high. Let's make sure the little aeroplane is lit up. Let's zero out the distraction, 100% attention on what you're doing here today. Also, making sure that you've got a drink available. Let's keep the brain hydrated and lubricated and make the learning stick. And then also making sure you've got a fresh sheet for fresh thinking. So making sure you've got a clean sheet there ready to get down your notes. No, it's not Saturday Night Fever. This is just a change of colour scheme, Darren. Um, so the fresh sheet, fresh thinking. As always, it's about making sure that you're taking notes. We're going to be some sharing some different ideas from different perspectives on how you can approach, how you interact and interrelate with people. So it's gonna be absolutely vital that you're getting down some of these ideas that you want to remember, that you want to reread so you can reignite that thinking when you come back to it later to keep the ideas expanding. I think we are pretty much good to go. So welcome to Sticky Learning Lunch with me, Nathan Simmons, Senior Leadership Coach and Trainer for MBM and with Andy Palmer, Resident Expert in HBD. I always get the initials wrong. H, remind B me, Andy. HBDI. No, you're right. HBD. Yeah, HBDI. I was right. I got confused at the last bit. That's good. It's a smooth thought. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HBDI from MBM, the home of Sticky Learning. This is where it gets confusing because there's too many, you know, too many initials and acronyms going on. So, now, the idea of these sessions is to help you be the best version of you in the work that you do and preparing you for that return back to the office. And we want to share these ideas which are going to help you to expand what it is you do and how you interact. And the reason we do that is because MBM is the home of leadership development and soft skills provider to the grocery and manufacturing industries. And we understand how important it is that we do interact and relate with each other at the highest possible level. So. Andy, what are we covering today? HBDI. <laughs> We're going to cover the HBDI profile. So um, lots of psychometric tests out there. You will have come across some of them, I'm sure, in your uh, careers. Myers-Briggs, Belbin, Fire OB, Insights, Disc. There is a whole host of them, and they're all particularly good in their own individual ways. Um, today, tomorrow, and the next day, we're going to be talking about the HBDI, the Herman profile. Um, we're selecting this one because one, it's a personal favourite of mine because I am absolutely confident and guaranteed within about the next 20 minutes you're going to go, you know what, I get that and I can see how I can use it and then we're going to spend the next couple of days really getting into how you can practically use it, different parts of the application, how you can make this thing live and breathe if you so wish uh, in your businesses or in your personal life. So. Yes, we're talking about the Herman Profile. I'm going to refer to it as the Herman Profile just because it's less of a mouthful. Um, but HBDI stands for Herman Brain 
dominance instrument. So that's the mouthful bit. Let's refer to it as uh, the Herman profile. That's what we're covering next three days, Nathan. Got me on um, mute. So there's, I, I'm back in the room. So where are we going to, first of all, for day one then? Yeah, so today is just, um, no, it's not just anything. Today is an introduction to what actually is this uh, profile, what is this assessment, um, and helping our audience today to go, oh, that's interesting, I want to know more about that, um, and hopefully then the next couple of days really builds on that. So yeah, today is about an introduction to the Herman profile, bringing it to life, what are the colours, um, what does it mean, how can I use it, and uh, yeah, we'll see where it takes us in terms of individuals' questions. So if you've got them, get them in that chat window, Nathan would feed them through to me, uh, test me, challenge me, question it. Let's uh, let's see if we can really bring this uh, this to life. I'm Almost smiling now because <laughs> no, I'm just smiling because Mohammed's come straight in. Is it like six hats? What was I mentioning literally 30 seconds ago? Brilliant. Um, is it like six hats? Um, oh, it's gonna... <laughs> I've got four hats. Okay, so um, different topic, different way of approaching different situations. So um, I'm, I'm going to suspend um, kind of thoughts on that and allow Mohammed to kind of make his own decision over the next 20 minutes. So, Amazing. Brilliant. One, okay. thing, oh, on, one thing I was going to say, Andy, was, you know, before we dive into that, this is going to be a three part mini series that we're doing. So we're going to cover some different elements over the next three days. I have put in the chat box already there down the bottom, he says, bear with me. The link there for tomorrow's session so if you have not already registered now is the time to make sure you click through that and get yourself onto the future sessions um, and get yourself a, a seat in the room so andy floor's yours brilliant thanks nathan okay background to this uh herman profile called so because it was developed by a gentleman called ned herman ned herman worked for general electric over in america in the 50s and 60s uh, he was part of their lnd function at the time, uh, they knew there was a, a left hand and a right hand side of the brain, and he hypothesized that coupled with the upper and lower quadrants of the brain, um, that they were responsible for different thinking preferences. So he went to his boss, as you could back in the day, and said, hey, got this idea. His boss said, fascinating. I want you to go off and explore it. So he did. So he tested it, developed it, and he's come up with what we know as today as the Herman HBDI profile. What effectively it does is give you and the people around you a better understanding of how you prefer to think, communicate and make decisions. This is based on preferences that you have and how you see the world. Okay, what it isn't is something that limits you by going, oh, I'm only this or I'm only this. I can't possibly do the other things. It's really about whole brain thinking and understanding where your true preferences actually sit to allow you then to adapt yourself to certain situations, be more tolerant and understanding of others, and then really get into the, the, the core of this, which is then about challenging yourself to, to kind of do things differently, do things better, and absolutely bring to life yourself and those around you. And I think it absolutely summed up perfectly, and I'll quote there on that slide there. By understanding yourself, you can learn to value and understand others. Once you've got that, rock and roll, the world's your oyster. So, how does this work? Um, I'm going to refer to um, our different quadrants in the colours. Um, but what effectively we've got is a left hand and the right hand side of our brain. Effectively, our brain's about that big. Um, no relation to the size of your hands, so don't worry if you've got particularly small hands. But you've got a left hand and a right hand side of your brain. 
what you've also got is an upper and lower part of your brain. At the top half, you've got your cerebral mode, which is our um, uh, the part of the brain we developed over the majority of species on the planet. Uh, it's our cerebral mode that almost differentiates us apart from the majority of other uh, species around there. Uh, some of the grapes have this as well, just not as developed as ourselves. So our cerebral mode at the top, we've then got our limbic mode, bottom half of our brain, bottom half, but more bottom half up here, our limbic mode, and that's taking into account these two quadrants at the bottom. Below that, there is something called the reptilian brain, sits right at the top of your spinal column. That's the part of the brain that uh, takes care of our basic functions, respiratory, tells us when we're hungry, tells us when we're thirsty, um, some of the flight, fight or freeze mechanisms also sits in there. But this particular model takes into account our limbic mode and our cerebral mode, and that coupled with the left hand and the right hand side of our brain gives us four quadrants. Now, I want to treat this as a metaphoric model. I think I would be doing our uh, grey matter a disservice um, if we said that bit's responsible for that and that bit's responsible for, for those things over. It's an incredibly complicated piece of kit. So if we treat it as a metaphor, um, it's a good place to start. And yet it is still absolutely underpinned in a very, very good understanding of what's really going on up here. Okay, let me pause for a second. Did that first introduction making sense, Nathan? Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, Mohammed's nailed it here, kind of an innovation side and the critical side. It more comes down to kind of what we see is that left and right is the left is for logic and the right hand side for creative elements. It tends to be the preference. Absolutely. And I think that's a brilliant way of looking at it. Left hand, more logical, right hand, more kind of creative. Um, we can do them all. And I'm going to keep banging on about this over the next few days. We can use all of our brain. We just have preferences based on certain situations or in certain places to lean towards one of these or two of these different quadrants. So let me bring them uh, to life. I'm gonna to refer to them as the colors, but they are also labeled A, we're trying to do this in reverse, B, C and D, um, but I'm gonna to stick to the colors just because it's a really good way of latching onto it. And we know that colors are super powerful uh, in terms of learning and being able to, 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 to hang things off. So to bring the left and right hand side to life, um, I'm gonna explain this a few different ways. Let me start with my, blue quadrants, my blue quadrant, my upper left, this is all about facts. So this part of the brain is about facts, it's about logic, it's about problem solving, it's particularly mathematical, it's particularly technical. People with a high preference here are all about the here and now, they're about the facts and the detail. Again, we can do all of this, people up here, super comfortable in maybe an Excel spreadsheet, super comfortable looking at the detail, fantastic analyzers of situations. If we then move down into our green quadrant, we move down into our green quadrant, this is about form. It's about structure and organization. So we find people here um, with a high preference to the green, super organized. Again, it's about the here and now, um, particularly good with their administration, but managing their own world, conservative in terms of their views, not their political views, but it's this area that allows them to put things into chronological order and sequence. So we find people here fantastically well organized, super punctual, um, and uh, just got control of their world. Making sense so far? Not making nice nods is good enough for me. Hope everyone else is as well. Come round into our red quadrants. Feelings, third F. Feelings. People with a high preference here, super communicators. 
fantastic interpersonal skills. They've got the finger on the pulse of the, their team, their families, and it's these guys down here that just have that kind of vibe about them. That they're coming in on a Monday morning. How was your weekend? They're happy to have you know a conversation about stuff, and they've got the feelings and the who of that particular group of people. Last quadrant are yellows. It's about future. My fourth F: futures. People with a high preference here, fantastic, holistic and conceptual thinkers. Don't necessarily live in the here and now like these guys over here. It's more about somewhere out there in the future. So these guys come up with fantastic ideas, constantly evolving and considering where they're going to get to. May not necessarily know how they're going to get there, but they know they're going somewhere and they have vision and they have ideas that then supports that. Okay, let me pause for a second. Nathan, if it's making sense to you, I'm going to make an assumption it's making sense to our audience. If not, chuck some stuff in the questions box. If I've done a bad job explaining it, it's because I've done a bad job explaining it and not because you're stupid. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I'm comfortable that I'm getting this. And as long as it's all clear so far, it's coming through. Thanks very much, Gareth. Appreciated. Yes, definitely making sense. Thank you very much, Cameron. Appreciated. As I said, any questions come up, you know, why clever people usually like green colour? Is that that they, the question coming, is that that they like the colour green or is that that they're coming from a green space? Possibly. Now, here's an interesting fact. Um, throughout history, um, many, many famous geniuses uh, had green as their favourite colour. So I think that maybe lends itself to, to what I think was just coming up. I'd probably take it away from this uh, because I'm quite green and I'm certainly no genius. And on the other side of it, you know, it takes a genius, um, you know, they're going to sit in different places. There's you know, different ways of being a genius. There's different types of smarts that are actually appropriate across all those elements. And again, it's how you bring those teams and how you bring those people into that world so you can move forward with those ideas. Absolutely. And I can say this again, we can do all of this. We just have preferences. So this profile, um, you can put a questionnaire. It's 120 questions. What it does is give you then your preferences to each of these four quadrants. I'm going to show you a live profile in a moment. The important bit to know is this is about a measurement of your thinking, communicating and decision making preferences. What it's not is a measure of your competence or your intelligence or your personality. We use all of our brain. We just have preferences. Um, OK, I've used my four F's there. I'm going to bring it to life um, in a couple of other different ways. Um, and people often say to me, Andy, is there an ideal job role for, for each of these quadrants? And the short answer is, of course, no. We can do all of it, in which case we can do any particular role. So only through ease of explanation am I going to use this. I'm going to chuck it out and then bring it straight back in. If there was an ideal job role for each of these quadrants, we might find someone uh, up here, maybe an accountant or an engineer, because they're all about the detail and they've got their eye on the facts. Ideal job role for someone with a really high preference to the green could be a project manager, someone who's got to take a lot of stuff and make sure it happens in the right time at the right place in the right order. Someone with a high degree of red would make a fantastic teacher or a nurse because it's all about the people aspect, being mindful of people and their feelings and translating and transferring information. Up into our yellow quadrant, people up here maybe would make a fantastic inventor or an entrepreneur because it's those ideas. I do that only through ease of explanation for people to start to hang their hat on the pun on each of these uh, different quadrants. The important thing is you could do whatever you want to do and it would not be limited by your thinking preferences.
Makes sense to me. And I'll give you a real life example of that is because I sit in that futures feeling space very much up there. However, you know, and facts aren't my thing. I don't enjoy um, spreadsheets. I don't enjoy necessarily the form in that version. However, when I understand in order to create that future I see and to create those emotions that I understand that I need to employ and demonstrate and use those facts and forms, when I change the lens of the way that I look at those two, those two elements that I don't enjoy, because I know it's getting me where I want to be, actually it changes the way that I view that stuff and I'm able to dial it up a lot higher because it's aligned with actually who I am. Absolutely, uh, and it takes effort. So I'm gonna ask you to, um, if you could jump to slide seven for me. Build. Brilliant. So th there's effectively the kind of the, the four quadrants with what's effectively the four axes running across that. And when we complete that questionnaire, it's given us um, it's given us a mark on each of those four axes. I'm very keen not to say score because that would denote better or worse, but it would give us a mark on each of those four axes that then effectively creates a shape that would sit in there to visually understand who we are. If you can come down one more slide, Nathan, for me, I'm going to show you a. A live profile. There's a live profile. Now that's actually me. Um, I am very, very blue. So there's two shapes there. I'm just going to talk through the, the thicker of the two lines on there. I am very, very blue. So those words, those descriptive words we can see up in the top corner around analytical, problem solving, factual, logical, that stuff does come very naturally to me. To your point, Nathan, I don't have a lot of red. I don't have a lot of this stuff down here. But yet people say to me, hang on a minute, Andy, how's that possible? You're a a trainer, you're a coach, you're out there being enthusiastic with rooms full of people bringing this and other topics to life. Um, but you've got a lot of this stuff going on, what's that about? It doesn't come as naturally to me as the stuff over here, but I can do this stuff. It just takes me a bit more effort, just takes me a bit more kind of oomph to really dial that stuff up. What that means, my trade-off is, I can do the red, at the end of a full training day, five o'clock, everyone's finished, great day Andy, thanks very much. In the car, I'm driving home. I'm absolutely wiped out. I'm wiped out because I've had to really dig into this stuff. I'm sure, and I'm making eye contact with people. Sure, I'm checking in with people. Sure, I'm demonstrating all the things that a good trainer should. It just makes me tired, and I'm okay with that because I can get home after a very good day and go, I feel exhausted, and I know why. And likewise, Nathan, for you, you're saying this stuff doesn't come as naturally to you. Push you into an Excel spreadsheet for a few hours. You can do it. But you're going to feel more tired than something that maybe comes a little bit more naturally to you. Okay, let me continue with my profile. Super blue, as we can see out there, I'm very comfortable in Excel spreadsheet. I used to be an analyst for a few years, so that stuff does come very naturally to me. And likewise, I tend to overanalyze stuff, but I can problem solve things quite quickly. I've then got a reasonable dom dominance into my green quadrant, keeping me organized, keeping me in control of my world. And then I'm not as dominant overall on my right hand side. And for me, I just need to be aware of that, depending on certain situations, and try and dial stuff up, depending on the effort I need to be able to uh, dig into on that situation. So the profile, as an example here, takes care of that. The other part you get, if you are interested in the Herman profile, is where you go under pressure, under stress, and under duress. So that's that second shape you can just see on there. It's the dotted line or the slightly thinner line on there and you can see as an example I have an extension in my green so when I've got it all going on and I'm under pressure I get really organized I write lists until they're coming out of my notepad 
I'm just getting super organized. I'm writing stuff down. I've got to get stuff out of my head to, to, for me to feel in more control. Um, if I'm lucky enough to be flying somewhere, maybe over to Ireland or somewhere in Europe to deliver some training, I do some strange, what I think could be some strange behavior. I'll print off my boarding card twice. I've got it on my phone anyway. I will double check my suitcase and get it ready the night before, but I'll double check it again in the morning. And I have to just do all this stuff because I know when I'm under pressure, I get far more controlled and far more organized. And that works for me. But it just allows me to explain who I am and what I've got going on and why I'm demonstrating certain uh, attributes of myself. Again, the trade-off on the flip side is the yellow that I have got, that isn't a huge amount, you can only just see it, but it literally goes down to zero. So again, when I'm under pressure and I've got a big problem, I'm saying to one of my colleagues, oh, I've got this massive problem with a client, I just can't, I can't get to the bottom of it. What? They say, oh, have you considered doing X, Y, and Z and come up with one of those creative solutions? Well, okay. You know what? That's so obvious. I just didn't see it. So I know when I'm under pressure, things like creative solutions or coming up with an idea to, to solve something isn't going to come as natural to me. I need to calm myself down, get back in control of what I would see as my kind of norm, uh, and then be able to, to hit it head on in, in an appropriate way. Nathan, what questions or thoughts? Uh, it makes sense. A couple of questions came in. One of them was, is there a test? Um, so that's a prime question, kind of segues me into putting that post up there. There is a test. It's called the HBDI profile. There is an assessment. You have the link there if you wish to take part in that immediately. Um, the next question is, can I be a mixture of all of them? And my response, Matt, was that this slide is going to answer that because we are always a mixture of all of them. Um, Next question that came in there is, can I train myself to shift from one style to the other? Andy. All right, let me pick up each of those questions uh, in order if I can remember them. First question, is there a, uh, an assessment? Yes, there is. 120 questions, it's typically done online. Um, you can purchase this on our website. Um, I'll be very open with you. Cost of the profile is 95 pound each. You get, here's one I prepared earlier, you get a pack with all your profile information, written explanation, your profile, booklet, fantastic folder to keep it all in. You get a digital debrief on it, so you'll get a really good explanation into this because over the next few days, we are only skimming the surface. And at the same time, I'd want to have that conversation with you to do that one-to-one -one or maybe even a group debrief to ensure that you absolutely understand this. Now, I've been an accredited practitioner for this for the last 10 years. Uh, this stuff gets me out of bed in the morning to see individuals and teams go, that's me. I can now understand myself. More importantly, I can understand other people. It's just super, super powerful. Um, so that was the first question. Second question, Nathan, remind me. Can I be a mixture of all of those? Can I be a mixture of all of those? Yeah, absolutely. We often see people that are uh, a square. Let's, let's call it a square for want of a better word. What it isn't is a square that touches the whole outside of our profile or a tiny little square in the middle because you do only have a finite amount of space. Um, but yeah, you can be a square, you can be equally balanced across those areas. Sometimes people look at their profile and go, oh, I'm a square, that's a little bit. Yeah. I say, actually, why not? You're balanced, you can do all of this stuff. And I sometimes refer to it as kind of um, gears in a car. In the middle, kind of first gear, you still do it. For me, in my blue, maybe I'm doing this at fourth or fifth gear. So we often find those people that are square can maybe do it all, maybe in third gear gives fantastic balance um, uh, and no particular, let's say, limiting factors within their uh, their world. 
There was another question as well, Nathan. Uh, can um, I try I, questions? Yeah. Br brilliant question. So the short answer is this profile is super deep rooted. If you answer it honestly, um, it doesn't tend to change over time. Um, there's an exception to that, and it's the things that change the fabric of us as, as, as people, as individuals. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, they're both at each end of the spectrum of births and deaths. They are the things that fundamentally affect us. Um, when we experience those, we can sometimes see uh, a change in our profile. So, for example, bringing it back to me a little bit, uh, when my daughter was born uh, eight years ago, and suddenly you kind of get given this little bundle of joy, and you go, Wow, I'm a father. That, that's a game changer. When I retook my profile afterwards, I had seen an expansion in the red. I think it just changed the fabric of who I was and, and, and certainly became a little bit more red. And my wife tells the story of um, she saw me as a kind of emotionally closed off robot that wouldn't even ask her how her day was and had no feelings. And of course, I'm not those things. Um, through to sitting there on a Saturday night watching um, some Britain's Got Talent or the equivalent, I'm going, uh, have you got a tear rolling down your cheek there, Andy? And this beautiful choir singing. I'm going, yeah, I have no idea what's going on here, but I certainly changed and got more in touch with my emotions. Can't believe I just made that public. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't tend to change. Can, the real question, can you train yourself to be more? Yeah, you can absolutely do various exercises to not necessarily change who you are, but to allow you to access these other different quadrants more naturally yeah maybe we'll get into that in the next couple of days because um that, that's a, a really fascinating subject there, there are things you can do to help unlock maybe quadrants you don't have a high preference to mm, and I'm, i think for me yes you can train yourself to do that yes you can become more observant of what another person needs so that you can adjust your communication style to help them hear you in a better way but as you were saying earlier um it's an adapted adopted style it's more tiring and actually when you're looking in job environments it might be that it just doesn't feel right and over a course of time you're going to get kind of a, a drip feed of stress because it just it isn't suitable to you you know you're trying to be almost a square peg in the round hole when actually there's a better way for you or better place for you to be to actually express yourself more fully Absolutely. We're going to get into, um, over the next couple of days, we're going to get into topics around how you can uh, more better understand communication, why sometimes it's just quite free-flying and why at other times it feels more challenging. Um, we touched on some topics around um, uh, preparing information for audiences or giving feedback, and that just starts to bring it to life because you've always got to remain yourself, but it doesn't stop you from, in my words, dialing stuff up and dialing stuff down and being adaptable to different situations. But, but at the same time, absolutely being true to yourself and not, I guess, using this stuff as an excuse of, oh, sorry, I, I can't do that Excel spreadsheet. I'm just not blue. Or, sorry, I, I can't get there on time. I just can't do that green stuff. This can never be used as a, a reason for not doing things or a reason for not being able to, to achieve things. It just takes a little bit more effort and we can use all of our brain hence whole brain thinking amazing i'm conscious of time let's have a look coming up for this 127 we already had a flurry of questions if there are any more questions please get them in the question box now um ones come straight through there how can we make our teams work better together if we have one extreme to another i.e someone who with no red or loads of red 
Yeah, brilliant. And some of the best teams have a good mixture across all of these different quadrants because they are balanced. Once they've got an understanding of who they are, they then become so much more tolerant. So those people that we saw up here that were very rigid and uncaring versus those people here that maybe see as being lazy and daydreamers, once we start to understand it, they just see the world through very different eyes. They start to then develop common language. And some of the best experiences I've had are with teams that have, um, whether it's just a team of two people or a team of 20 people, um, have a good understanding of each other to then become far more tolerant. Um, and what it gives them is context. They become more aware of context. They know that actually if they go to Bob, or they go to Brenda, they can maybe get to something quicker because they're tapping into something that maybe becomes more natural to them. And they just start as a team becoming so much more cohesive, one through tolerance, two because they just start to bond as a team. Um, we can do some cool stuff with, um, I've seen this done really well in some of the clients we've worked with. They get this stuff up on the wall as a poster and they put people's initials and names in each of the different quadrants so it starts to live and breathe. And they start to then understand what kind of order do they make decisions as, as a team if they were a collective. And it just gets them to that place of going, wow, we as a team are just so much more effective by knowing this stuff now. Mm, agreed. And Cameron's come back with a nice idea with that. He said that's a nice idea. The other thing for me, and we're probably going to get into this in the next couple of days, is if you're speaking to someone that is an extreme red or is an extreme blue, whatever it is, is thinking about the language that those sorts of people use. So if they are a future-based person, okay, I want to see the world that you see. I want to get a, you know, a snapshot of what you're imagining. If they're feelings people and they're in the red, okay, I want to understand what it is you're feeling. And, I, and by asking, automatically asking those questions, you're starting to put yourselves in the shoes of the other person and taking uh, kind of a breath to understand their world rather than trying to you know, inflict your thinking upon them. Absolutely, and, and that where it doesn't work, whereas I would push facts and details on someone, and if that person's yellow, it's not gonna work for them. But if I'm starting to interweave maybe some metaphors or some stories or the, what it actually mean further down the line, then they're gonna get it, and we can improve yeah. our communication. Um, we're definitely going to get into tomorrow. Uh, get into it more tomorrow because you know, these quadrants, especially the diametrically opposing ones, um, communication can, sometimes can get really challenging. Let's have options to then uh, try and to, to try and smooth that out and iron that out. Amazing. I'm conscious we've hit one uh, one thirty. What has been of most value from today's conversation? Uh, what has resonated? What have you picked up on that's useful for you right now out of this introduction to? the Herman Brain Instrument. What's been useful? Um, I'm just thinking what else has come up in my mind. Questions for you, so some actions to take away for everyone that's listening and paying attention to this. One is, where do you think you fit on this profile? As a rough rule of thumb, where do you actually fit on this profile? And the other one is, just for entertainment fact is, you know, where are the most important people in your life on this profile? So your significant other halves, the people you work with, your family members, where do they fit on this profile? So you can start to better understand where you are in relation to them and vice versa. And you can start already building some real decent foundation. Even by just doing this, your foundations to that communication become a whole lot more, a whole lot stronger. They do. Just, just while that stuff's coming through, Nathan, um, I'm over here. My wife's over here. We complement each other perfectly all those analogies of chalk and cheese and opposites attract absolutely kick kick in 
and yet at times we will wind each other up chronically. Joe will um, she get the Hoover out and start hoovering up, or she'll start washing the dish, emptying the dishwasher, or doing the dishes. But for me, each job gets started but never finished. The Hoover's always left out. The dishes are still on the sides. The uh, tumble dryer's been emptied, and there's piles of laundry on the side. And I say to her, well, "Why can't you do one job and finish it? Because that's how I do it. I get the Hoover out, do the hoovering, put the Hoover away. I empty the dishwasher, put everything away." And she says, "Well, it's just not important to me." I you know, as I'm doing this stuff, I'll move on to the next thing. I will come back around and finish those jobs off, but that's my approach. And she's absolutely right. That's absolutely natural and normal to her. As is my approach, we would just view them as being very different and strange. So we develop tolerances for each other and a million and one stories just like that of where we just have to be more mindful because there is no right or wrong way of doing stuff. It's how we do things that's right for us. Absolutely. Uh, so um, Cameron says you're a brave man. Uh, Amber said yes, has a similar sort of conversation on a daily basis. Um, cannot impose my thinking on others. Absolutely, you have no right to impose your thinking on anybody else. Um, Gareth's come through with the ideas on better comms with different groups. Colours will definitely help. Looking forward to tomorrow. Good, Gareth. Looking forward to it tomorrow. Well, I think that's it. Great. Sorry, last bit from Andy. One last thing, because I was remiss and didn't mention it earlier. People are kind of going, oh, you know, I quite like the idea of this profile. Um, for, for the next few days, you know what, we're offering these profiles. You can buy them on our website. I'm going to get Nathan to, to drop the uh, link in there. We're also going to put a code in there. If you guys want to buy one or buy 100, and I'm okay with either, 10% um, discount off any purchase. Profile um, assessment is in there. You've got the link in there to go straight to that. You've got the 10% off there as well. Um, to go through and get a discount on that immediately. That is phenomenal value. And there is one more thing that I want to drop in there just to share with everyone, which is the coaching cards. Because once you have this profile, once you have this understanding of yourself and how you want to interact with that, you can then just bolster that up and make it really strong with a decent set of questions for yourself because you're now knowing yourself better and then how you interact with other people to get an even stronger result in that relationship. Huge value. A great yeah, first session. Okay. Say that again, Andy. I think we're probably well over time. We are well over time. Oh, but I think it's, it's, it's four minutes over time. I think it's four minutes of huge value. Um, Colin's received the latest cards this morning. Thanks, Sarah. Very appreciated. Uh, I know Mohammed asked about that. They are on their way, so they are hitting doormats. We are making sure they're going out, but keep us informed as to when they do arrive. Okay. Andy, I think that's a great close for today. Thanks very much to today. And we look forward to sharing with you tomorrow. Speak soon.